Shabbos, Perik Tes, Mishnah Gimel, 9.3. The Mishnah continues on the same kind of vein it had in the past couple of Mishnahs. Here in our Mishnah here, we have three different topics that we'll discuss, each unrelated to the other. The first two are essentially medical assessments that Chazal made, and then they sought verses to support those ideas. And here we have the first is regarding the Poleta Sheikh Fazera, a woman who emits semen. That means after she was with her husband. So we're going to say that Sheikh Vazera, that seminal fluid, is a source of Tuma, and therefore a woman who emits it would become Tumea. But that only applies so long as the, the semen is viable. That is to say that um, a child could come from it. So the rabbis are of various opinions in the Gemara. How long um, such fluid could still impregnate a woman? And the Mishnah starts out by saying, how do we know that a woman who emits semen even on the third day that she is Tamea? The implication being that even for a whole 72 hours, a person could become pregnant from such semen. Shene'emar, the Pasuk says, You should prepare yourselves for three days. This was a Pasuk said in preparation of giving of the Torah at Har Sinai, the Jews had to be Tahor for that experience, um, and therefore there's sort of a three-day prep period where husbands and wives should be separate so that women wouldn't inadvertently become Tamea after a couple of days, having been with their husband, by being Poto Sheikh Vazera. The Bartanura here goes like the Rambam, who understands that this Mishnah is not Lahalacha, that the Halacha actually follows a different shita, the shita of Rabbi Elazar ben Azariah, who holds that it's only two days that the Sheikh Vazera could still be viable, and the third day not at all, and therefore, actually, according to the Bar like the Rambam, the Mishnah actually should be changed, that the, the actual Mishnah has got mixed up, and it should say that she's Tahora, not Tamea, on the third day, and it's based on a different understanding. However, the Shulchan Aruch goes with the other Roshonim outside of the Rambam, who understand indeed that for 72 hours the Sheikh Vazera can still impregnate, and therefore the din would be lalacha, like the Mishnah says on face value. The second case in our Mishnah is talking about the bathing of a child after his brismila on Shabbos, bathing the wound. So the idea is, the principle is, that if the child is at some risk for danger to his life, so then it would be permissible. The question is, without the child showing any sign of, you know, infirmity, how long can we assume that there's still potential danger and therefore we would um, be willing to cook, heat up water on Shabbos, which is normally a violation of Shabbos, in order to bathe this newly circumcised child. So the assessment here is going to be after the first three days, it's permissible. The missionary says the third day, the Barthenor learns it means in all the more so the first two days, one could heat up water on Shabbos to bathe this wound, lest the child be imperiled. And the Mishnah says inside, How do we know that you are allowed to bathe, let's say, in warm water, meaning to heat the water of um, the place of Mila on the third day? Even if it's Shabbos, and that would require heating water on Shabbos. Shneemar, as the Pasuk says, The Pasuk says, referring, says on the third day when they were in um, they were hurting in great pain. It's a reference to 
the town of Shechem, which was attacked by Shimon and Levi, the children of of uh, Yaakov Avinu. Um, so I'm sure you know the story. I don't get into it now. But um, they then, after the third day of convincing the people of Shechem to get Brismila, Shimon and Levi attacked them. So you see there that they were weak on that third day still, um, and the, we're using this as a, a source to suggest even the third day the child is still very weak. Again, the bartender learns that days one and day two are even more weak, um, and therefore the bartender will learn that all three days would be permitted. However, the Shulchan Aruch rules that nowadays, meaning those days and certainly nowadays, um, there's no real evidence anymore that children are really endangered if they don't wash the wound with hot water on the third day, and therefore halacha l'maysa l'maysa is not like this Mishnah. We would not under normal circumstances, be Mechal Shabbos, heating hot water on Shabbos, to bathe the child um, or his his uh, circumcision wounds on the third day if it's a Shabbos. Obviously, if there's some indication the child's at risk or infection and so on and so forth, then that's not the topic of our Mishnah. Finally, one more topic in the Mishnah unrelated to the previous two, which is a tradition which I think is quite well known, that on Yom Kippur, they would take the Seir HaMishtaleach, the scapegoat, which was um, taken to the precipice in the desert and thrown off. Um, so the tradition was that you would take a like a strip of red wool and you tie half it around the 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 goat's head and half around like a rock at the top of the precipice. So when the goat goes tumbling down, the red thread that's tied on the top on the rock will um, turn white, indicating that the Jews' sins were forgiven. So what's the that was the custom. The question now is, where is there a scriptural suggestion that this would be the case, that we should do this? So it says, How do we see that a person, that we should tie a lashon, literally means a tongue. Usually a lashon in the context of wool means after you've carded the wool, like you've combed it, but prior, you make it like a long collection of fibers, look kind of like a tongue, if you will, like this amorphous, long, thin, Think of like a bowl of cotton, like cotton wool or something like that. Um, but it's it's obviously sheep's wool that you would feed into the spindle to make, like in tove, the malacha tfia. So you'd feed it to turn it into thread and, and yarn. So how do you know you take some lashon, like this bit of wool, and you shell zahoris that's dyed red, and you would tie it to the rosh seir, hamishtalech, to the head of the scapegoat, the goat that's thrown off the edge, Shneemar, as the Pasuk says, and this is a Pasuk from Yeshaya, Isaiah, if your sins are like red, if they're kesheleg yalbinu, they shall be whitened like snow. That's the Navi, and we're borrowing that to suggest that the symbol would be that the red woolen thread turns white to indicate that the sins have been forgiven.